How many of you know we have an awesome God? He's wonderful, magnificent, glorious, powerful, full of faith, full of peace, full of joy, full of love. He's our all in all. He satisfied every gavel of justice that's necessary for us to walk in the newness of life, in our spirit man and in our physical man. You know, whatever we're going through in life, he's made a, he's made a way for us, has he not? He's made a way. Praise God. How many of you know that we're celebrating this, this month for our independence? In our country, but how many of you know that well over 2,000 years ago, there was one that brought true independence by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He came to set the captive free. And how many of you all know that we were all bound at one time? Amen. But we're not bound today. For those of us that have chosen to accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we are free indeed. That's what the promise says. That's what the uh, Jesus came to do was to set the captive free. And so we're free in him. Amen. Amen. Free to serve him. Free to love him. Free to, to love one another. Really minister to one another. Care for one another uh, in our lives. Uh, as I was thinking about, uh, you know, the 4th of July, which we dedicate and celebrate uh, for our country uh, being uh, a veteran from the armed services. And how many of you served in the, in the armed services? Amen. Give them a good hand. Amen. Thank God for their willingness to serve. I served during the Vietnam era, and uh, I was in the Navy and was on, uh, commissioned to be on an aircraft carrier, which I ended up being on. Uh, the Coral Sea was the name of the aircraft carrier I was on. Uh, CVA-43. Never forget those numbers. Of course, it's been mothballed now. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's in uh, being reserved and set aside for tourism and all that kind of stuff. But... Uh, being on that, we were, you know, being in the Vietnam area where I was at, I was part of the weapons division on our aircraft carrier, which I, I typed up orders for bombing raids in uh, Vietnam and Cambodia. Uh, back then, nobody else knew we were bombing in Cambodia, but we were because that's where all the, that's where all the supplies were coming was through Cambodia into Vietnam. And it, it, it was a, it was amazing thing. We we would type up orders, then send them to Washington D.C. to get permission, to get permission to bomb. And it it was not a war that we went in to win. We went in just to sustain and to uh, support uh, the Vietnamese against the Viet Cong. So. Uh, it was it was not something that we decided that as a nation that we would actually uh, go in to annihilate or to wipe out the country because on our ship alone 
we had enough weaponry on our ship to literally blow Vietnam off into the ocean. But we didn't do that. And we just kind of, we kind of bailed out, you know, after a period of time, almost uh, like Afghanistan. We just kind of, one day we were there and the next day we moved out. Now, I wasn't there during that period. I was there when the thing was really hot and everything else. We had flight operations off of our ship 24 hours a day. Something going off, something coming on 24 hours a day. And um, it was just, it was just a, an amazing thing to, to see uh, what was going on in uh, other third world countries and everything else. And if you've ever been to a third world country, uh, you can really appreciate what we have here. I know whenever I got back, uh, I was discharged from Treasure Island in uh, California uh, out of San Francisco. And uh, I know whenever we landed back on the tarmac uh, in uh, uh, San Francisco, I got out and I kissed the tarmac. I was so glad to be back in America. You know, because you, you really get an appreciation when you've seen all of the the stuff that was going on and then being in a third world country and and so forth. <clears throat> but as I was thinking about it, I was thinking about uh, the preamble to uh, our Constitution here in the United States of America. And, you know, these 13 colonies that... Uh, gathered their people together and established the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, uh, they, they heard from heaven. They sought the Lord to get a direction for this nation. How many of you know still on your dollar? Thank God it's still on your dollar. It's in God that we trust. It is not in man. It really is in God that we trust. That's what our nation was founded on. That was the establishment. And we established it in a sense of covenant relationship. Just like Jesus, when he gave his blood for us, he established a covenant in his blood. We established a covenant in our word that we would let God be the source of the supply and the leadership of this nation. Now, we look around us today and we can see the deterioration. But I want you to know what's gone around is coming back around again. And we're going to see freedom. We will see freedom again. Amen. There's a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes in this world that you and I have no idea uh, about them, but they are going on. Matter of fact, there's. I hope you've all gotten the information concerning... The Sound of Freedom. It's a movie that is coming out on the 4th of July. How many of you remember? I can't remember the young man's last name. His name is Jim that played. What's his name? Anyway, you said it. Anyway, yeah, he played Jesus in the Passion of Christ. And uh, he, he plays the uh, part of the individual that this movie is all about concerning the rescue of our children that have been, uh, you know, have 
have been captured and used for all kinds of different things for for organs for uh, for yeah for labor for everything that you can possibly think of matter of fact it's it's been recently that you won't know about but uh, I found out through uh, my son who is uh, in the background doing things uh, with a group of individuals in our country that are doing a lot of things of rescue uh, for children and for uh, the slave trade and for the uh, the sexual safe slave trade and everything else. And they just recently did something just outside the coast of the United States of America where they, they uh, took a cargo ship that had been designated specifically for uh, taking of children from all parts. Matter of fact, it had all kinds of children already on the, the ship that they were taking to another part of the world. They had come to the United States and had docked off of the, the shores of the United States in California. And they went in to infiltrated the areas, and they had over two, uh, I think, it, no, they had, they'd already captured 63 of our kids out on the streets in several of the little towns that were close by. And uh, uh, they were headed for another foreign country uh, when they captured them, and they released, they released some four or 500 that were already on the ship. So uh, uh, it, there's things that's going on that you and I don't know about. In this movie that we're encouraging all of you to go see, it, it breaks forth on July the 4th. And uh, right now, uh, when I looked at the theaters, it's all booked for people to see it and everything else. But it's going to be here for like a week or two uh, to where you can, you know, find some time to be able to go see the movie. And we, we encourage you to go and see it. And uh, Jim Cavigio, I just still didn't say it right. Uh, he is the actor, main actor in this movie. And so um, there's that one. And there's two more movies that are coming out a little bit later on. Uh, and he's going to do another one. The last one that will be done, it's called... Uh, uh, the redemptive Christ. It's going to be talking about his redemption, what he came to do uh, to set captives free. And it's going to culminate uh, uh, what's going on in a comeback for this United States of America. We have a covenant. Amen. And in that covenant relationship, uh, we have found freedom. We have found justice we have found everything that we need, and our country is going to come back to Jesus. There's things that are transpiring and happening. You can see that there is revival in the air. You know, revival is just the acts of those that have been revived. So once, once we're revived, then we create an atmosphere called revival. And in that atmosphere... The next thing that happens is signs, wonders, and miracles begin to transpire and begin to, to be a, a part of the actions of what's going on. We're seeing the beginning stages of revival throughout this country and in other countries of the world. 
So I pray that you're getting prepared, getting your heart set. I know at uh, Heritage of Faith, uh, in visiting and talking with pastor uh, and everything else, that there are <clears throat> things that uh, we're looking forward to uh, in the revival atmosphere. Now, this revival is going to be the last revival that's going to hit this planet called Earth, as you and I know it. And it's going to usher in hundreds of millions of souls into the kingdom of God. And you're going to be a part of that. Amen. And you're being a part of that already. So as we are create the atmosphere in our church that becomes conducive for the Holy Spirit to move in. And the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will not force himself. He simply makes a way, opens the door, and then we walk through that door because we desire to be revived. How many of you are tired of the old stuff? How many of you are ready to see things restored? He's going to replace, now listen, get prepared for it. He's going to start replacing those things that are negative in our government. It's got to start at the head and it's going to work its way down. And, uh, but you and I are going to create the atmosphere that comes, becomes conducive for that. But I, I wanted to read the, the first part of the preamble to you so that you'll see what the heart was of the establishment of this nation. It says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. How many men? All. All men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's what... This nation was founded on. That's the reason that the people that came from England and eventually from other parts of of the globe, they came because they wanted to come to a land that truly flowed with milk and honey. And United States of America was established upon this covenant relationship. Now, you have to go and read the entire, uh, you know, uh, Declaration of Independence and the Constitution to be able to see all that we have been afforded. And, you know, and this was done over 200 years ago by these that set their hearts to establish such a, a mighty uh, letter of commitment and dedication to God himself. They were willing to put their lives on the line so that you and I could enjoy the freedoms that we we still enjoy. We still live in the land of opportunity here. This country is still a blessed nation. And the reason that it is is because of the prayers of the saints that are here and have continued to be. And we're what keeps the fires going. But there is a... uh, There is a, a boiling and a burning that's in the heart of God as well as beginning in the hearts of the believer that they want to come back to their foundations and be established and be, you know, become hook, line, and sinker 
into these truths so that we can enjoy the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Amen? Praise God. How many of you have ever read the Declaration of Independence? Long time ago, probably. Some of you in school, back in school. How many of you went, how many of you went to school where they had prayer? You know, we opened up our day in school in prayer. We had Bible readings in school. We had ethics. We had uh, morality uh, that was taught. You know, morals. You know, the, the, the schoolhouse and the church house were supplements to the home. Where parents guided and, and uh, set course, you know, for our school systems, for our college systems, for everything. But so much of that has changed. But God is going to reverse all that. Amen. And we're going to be a part of that reversal. Because that's what God is calling us to do. Amen. Uh, if you have your Bibles with you, open up if you would please. To Second Corinthians. It's already been quoted to you. But I want to read a little bit further in it. So that you get the full impact. Chapter 3. We're going to start at verse number 17 and we're going to go from these last two verses in the chapter into chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. He said, now the Lord is that spirit. And when the spirit of the Lord, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, how many of you know what liberty means? In the Greek, it means unrestrained. Unrestrained. It means freedom. It means to be delivered. And it means to make free. That's what the word liberty is. So if you go in and you say, now the Spirit of the Lord is, where the Spirit of the Lord is, uh, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is unrestrained. In other words, we have the liberty, we have the freedom to serve God the way that He has established in His covenant with us to enjoy liberty in its totality. So let's go on and read a little bit further. It says, But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, the Lord wants you to enjoy the fullness of who He is in your life. You know, as a Christian, we shouldn't be sad. Some of, the, some of the, the worst examples of Christianity are Christians. 
Some of them don't have any freedom at all. They have a lot of religion. But religion is like a cancer to Christianity. Christianity, there's true freedom. True freedom that we find in the blood of Jesus. Let's go on and read further in chapter 4. He says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry. What ministry? What ministry? The ministry of freedom. Freedom that's found in the blood of Jesus. Unrestrained. Amen. Unrestrained. We have freedom. We've been delivered. We've been made free. Now, what is it that God has not freed you from? Is there anything? Whom the Son of Man has set free, He is free indeed. You are free. You are free to be able to enjoy the fullness of everything that He was, He is, and what He will be. You and I have that freedom and that right to enjoy that fullness. We've already said that, but it bears repeating over and over again so we get it down into our hearts because, you know, there's really not a, a sad day or a bad day in our walk with the Lord. If He really is on the throne of our hearts, it's a happy day. He said, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Happy are the people. And one of the signs of true Christianity is whether you're happy or not, even when you're going through tough times. You know, not that it, the enemy doesn't try to keep you from being happy. He does. But that shouldn't stop you because whom the Son of Man has set free is free. You're free whether you look like it, act like it, feel like it. According to the word, you and I are free. We're free in him. Look at your neighbor and say, you're free. You're free in Him. He said, we have this ministry. As we have received mercy, we faint not. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to those that are lost. Now listen, there is nothing in this word that God does not want you to have revelation on. Not a thing. You know, whenever you sit down to read and study, I, I, I do this, I tell the Lord all the time, uh, I speak to the Holy Spirit and I say, Holy Spirit, you're my teacher, you're my guide. Teach me today what I need to know out of the Word today. Give me revelation knowledge and insight, fresh revelation from heaven concerning who I am and what I possess in you. Because I don't know it all and I won't know it all until the day He either takes me by the way of death or takes me in the catching up of the church in the midst of the clouds. So there's always learning. You're always going to be learning. Nobody arrives 
until that great notable day of the Lord come. Then you will know as you've been known. Amen. And guess what? I was going to ask several questions when I got there, and I found out, no, I'm not. I don't have to ask because then I'll know. I will know. I will know in my knower. I will know as I've been known. Because, you know, I was, I was going to go talk to Adam and ask him, why? Yeah, what were you thinking? Well, it's obvious what he was thinking. And it's obvious what he wasn't thinking. So I'm not going to ask that question. Let's go on with it. He said, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So who is the gospel hidden from? From those that are lost. They just don't know. There was a day that you were lost, and you didn't know either, and neither did I. But... Guess what? I got illuminated whenever he came into my life. My life changed. I wasn't raised in a Christian family. I was, you know, I was raised in a very dysfunctional home. And uh, I didn't come to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior till I was 21. Thank God I found, found him at 21 because I myself didn't think I would make it past 21. And I almost didn't. I had a massive car accident that I should have been dead in the car accident, but I wasn't. I ended up with just a few scratches, you know, in my life. But my car was totaled. I was doing 80 miles an hour and turned the car over. It went end over end on a freeway. And uh, there wasn't a piece of glass left in it. The hood was crashed down. I ended up in the back seat of the car. It just sucked me back to the back of the car, right out of my shoes, you know. And it was it was a massive mess. And you know, back then you're supposed to wear your seatbelt. Even back then, this was, uh, you know, back in the probably the seventies. We were we were married in '65. It was well, no, it might have been. Well, it was. It was in the '60s. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, but anyway, I had the but yeah, just the one that went across on the bottom. But I didn't have it on, of course. If I'd had it on, I wouldn't be here today because my my side of the car was crushed all the way past the steering wheel down to the seat. So I would have been I would have been crushed in that. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, God had something else in mind, amen, for my life. And it wasn't long after that that I came to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. It wasn't because of that, but it was because people had been praying. How many of you know that prayer uh, saves a whole bunch of us? Many of us, you know, we've, we've, had, we've had potential accidents in our life and we don't know anything about them. Because the devil is a thief. He comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But one thing for sure is he can't stop a praying mother. He can't stop a praying grandmother. He can't stop a praying wife. He can't stop, you know, those that are lifting you up and 
keeping you surrounded by the presence of God. Can't keep you out of the mischief. Can't keep you from some of the products of the mischief. But he can spare your life until he can get a hold of you. And see what you will do with whenever he comes into your life, which you did. How many of you came to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior uh, in your early years of life as a, as a youngster? Good for you. Look at all those hands. How many of you came to know him after your teen years? You know, when you, remember when you knew it all? I, I, my dad was in his 40s. I thought he was really square. Really did because, you know, he just didn't think the way I thought. He just, he just wasn't in tune with what I was in tune with. That was back in the rock and roll era, you know, when Presley and a whole bunch of the other ones came along the scene. When the Beatles came down and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I got, I got into that stuff big time. And I remember him coming home and he told me I couldn't have a Beatles album and I went and bought one anyway. And how uh, I many you know that was a mistake? Uh, he heard it playing on the machine, went over to the machine and broke it. Broke it, said, this will not be played in my house. I said, but you play all that other honky-tonk stuff in my house, our house. You know, country western. Yeah, I was raised in country western. Amen. Old country. But, you know, the thing about it is, is all of us are here by the grace of God. He got a hold of your life and you submitted to the change in your life. And that's that's a wonderful thing. So you you really and I have found freedom in him. Let's, I want to continue to read. Um, verse five, he said, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord and ourselves, your servants for Jesus sake, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessel. Say, I'm an earthen vessel. I have a treasure. Matter of fact, I am a treasure. Now look at your neighbor and say, you're a treasure too. The excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest <coughs> in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. You and I have been set free to help set others free. Freedom, true freedom, is found in Jesus Christ, right? Isn't that what it's saying? I keep looking back to him, thanking him for the freedom that we have. You know, Pastor Diane and I, you 
probably all know this, uh, but Pastor Dine and I pastored for 41 years in different churches, but uh, for 41 years. And uh, I found that uh, in the church, there's two types of people. Those that are really with you and really love God with all of their heart. And then there are those that question everything. They question everything. I found that some of the meanest people in the earth were church people. That's not you. Look at your neighbor and say he's not talking about you. But I also found in the church some of the most sweetest, kindest, loving, God demonstrating people on this planet called earth. The church is a good place for you and I to get our roots, get rooted and grounded and, and found it. Anybody here ever been hurt by a Christian? You ever been hurt? You ever been hurt? Had something said about you that shouldn't have been said? Or believed something about you that wasn't the truth? In the church, Paul said, these things ought not so to be, should not be, but we're coming to a day. Now, listen to me. We're coming to a day when the church is finally going to be the church. There's not going to be any ism, ism, chism. Nothing that's going to bring division because we're finally all going to be in the same book, on the same page, following after the Spirit of the living God. Finally. I want you to know there's not going to be any Baptist in heaven. There's not going to be any Methodists. There's not going to be any faith word people either. We're going to be one body in Christ. Bearing the same name our elder brother has given to us. Amen. We are the body of Christ and members in particular. And I'm so glad that there's not going to be that division when we get to heaven. That we're finally, finally going to be united before we ever even get to heaven. And the body of Christ throughout the earth is coming together. They're laying their tags down. They're laying their denominational dogmas down. And they're coming together. When we were, we, our, our last tenure was uh, 28 years in Massachusetts, where we pastored last. And uh, we had a group that we had created from our church called Revival Fires. And out of it, it was ministers. That were coming together. Now, keep in mind, our church was the only charismatic faith word church in the city. We had one assembly of God, very traditional. We had all kinds of Catholic churches, Presbyterian churches, Episcopalian churches, 
Greek Orthodox, you name it. Predominantly, where we were at was Catholic. But we had people coming to our organization. We had, we had two basic rules. We set these up in the very beginning. Number one, you had to be born again. Number two, you had to be willing to go with the Holy Spirit, whatever the Holy Spirit says. And we had ministers from Church of Christ, Assembly of God, Catholic, priest, uh, and other churches, uh, American Baptists uh, that came in. And we had a tremendous group. And what our organization did was, is number one, we met together so that we could get some type of an outreach that we would do to reach our city for Jesus Christ. Now, they had a ministerial alliance, but the ministerial alliance was shattered and broken and torn in pieces. And so we created our own. And uh, listen, we, we had marvelous things going on. That group of men created such an atmosphere that became conducive for God to flow in. We had, we were one of the top 10 parades on 4th of July in Pittsfield, had one of the largest representations of, you know, of, of things that transpired and, and went forth and all kinds of floats, you name it. It was a huge, huge parade. Well, uh, Berkshire Revival Fires, we decided as men that we wanted to be in the parade. So we got involved in the parade and what was going on, and we had we had uh, uh, motorcycles for Jesus, we had uh, antique cars for Jesus, we had people bearing flags uh, that represented uh, uh, the Lord Jesus. Uh, we we just had a massive amount of people. We had the largest group of people entrance in the 4th of July parade. Now keep in mind, this thing was televised across the United States. We had over 300 participants just in our group alone. The largest, it, it went three blocks. It took up three blocks and we marched for Jesus. We all had our banners for Jesus on, you know, we had our flag out in front of us. We had a, a gentleman that has carried the cross across the world that was in our procession, that, that led our procession, carrying the cross and everything else. It was, it was amazing. Had tremendous response throughout the United States and other parts of the world. People sent in uh, uh, things concerning the parade and they said the most uh, anointed and blessed thing that we saw in the parade was the Berkshire Revival Fires group. And we had a float that had singers on it. We were singing the, the things of the Lord. All Christian music. Just an awesome thing that God was doing. We're going to do the same thing again here in this arena. God is going to bring ministers together and bond them together. We've already got police departments and the ministry working together. We've got other things that are working. So we're doing different things already. Amen. Amen.
I want to give you one other scripture in uh, the book of Acts, chapter number 2. When the outpouring of the Holy Spirit took place, there were approximately 120 in the upper room. And they all got filled with the Holy Ghost, and immediately things began to transpire and happen in their lives and in the lives of others. So I want to pick it up, though, with verse number 14. And it says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, he lifted up his voice, and he said unto them, You men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as you supposed, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your older men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I shall show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and acknowledged uh, and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, being loosed, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaketh con, uh, concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life, that thou, uh, uh, thou shalt make me uh, full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne, he seeing... This before spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all 
or witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which you now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Now, what I want you to see in all of this is in the, in the very beginning that I, I started reading. He said in verse 17, he said, This shall all come to pass in the last days. This shall all come to pass in the last days. How many of you know from the day that Jesus Christ gave his life, rose from the dead, began the last days? You and I are in the last of the last days. So everything that has come around is making full circle. And we're, we're about to embark on the fullness of the Godhead dwelling inside of us bodily. Don't, don't think it a surprise when God uses you to lay hands on the sick and they recover. Don't, don't get confused whenever you pray for somebody and it actually comes to pass. And you hear about it and you get to be a part of that. Amen. We're in that time, the signs and the wonders and all that Jesus began to do is going to collide in the spiritual atmosphere, which has really already collided. It's just a matter of the, of the body of Christ now getting saturated with it and welcoming the presence of the Holy Spirit to take us to those places and positions and peoples that God's going to lead us to by the Holy Spirit to be an instrument and a tool and touch their lives. Don't be surprised when they get converted. Don't be surprised when they have manifestation of healing right there while you're there with them. Don't be surprised when people walk into the church and the Lord touches them without a, a person speaking a word to them without anybody touching them, and the manifestation of it just begins to transpire and take place. Don't get surprised when people come into the, to the church here and say, I don't know why I'm here. I just felt drawn to come into this, this house. Don't be surprised. You know, we have a tendency whenever we see a, a lame person get out of their wheelchair and they begin to walk, we begin to clap our hands and shout unto the Lord. Well, it's a wonderful thing what's happened to them, but that shouldn't be a surprise to you. It shouldn't be. A, it's not going to be a surprise anymore. It's going to be the norm. It's just going to be the norm. Don't, don't be surprised when people come down to the altar without an invitation and just come down to the altar and say, what must I do to be saved? I want to get my life right with God. Don't be surprised when that wayward child of yours comes back home and says, Mom, Dad, Grandmama, Granddad, what do I need to do to get my life right with Jesus Christ? I am so sorry. Don't be surprised. You've been praying for it. 
You've been believing for it. You've been casting out the word for it. Don't be surprised when fruition takes place. Amen. And it's going to happen more and more and more. Amen. If before, before we close and everything, I just want to share those just a few things with you. It wasn't a preaching today or anything. It's just sharing something with you. We we still live in a country. Don't be surprised. There's a great shaking going on in this United States of America. Don't be surprised at what's about to happen. There's going to be some, some uh, calamity and everything else that's going on. Don't be surprised. Don't get shocked by it. Don't go by the news. Don't go by the news. You're, you're going to see it with your own eyes. You're going to see the transformation of how God brings this nation back to her knees. Because the church is praying. And we're believing for supernatural intervention and increase. Amen. Don't get mad at uh, Joe Biden. Don't get mad at, uh, at the the senators in the House of Representatives. There's a big change coming. A big change coming. God's going to have his way because there's people like you and like me and, and others that are praying across this nation. We're believing for change. We're speaking change. And it's going to come to pass. We want our president, who is in office right now, we want him to be truly born again. We don't want him to miss heaven. Amen? We don't want anybody else to miss heaven. So let's just prepare our hearts to see change transpiring and happening and rejoice in that day and be exceedingly glad because there's some great things God's got in store. Amen?